Hi, sir. Uh, we're doing a new initiative with the Salvation Army that I would love to tell you about. Do you have a second? Oh, I love giving to the Salvation Army. How can I help? Oh, that's amazing. Well, we have a new guidebook specifically for white Americans. You look like a white American, so I will give that to you. I and am it talks white. about uh, yeah, it talks about racism in America, how it's systemic, how saying that you're colorblind is harmful, and that how your whiteness can be inherently racist in many ways. So that's uh, pretty helpful, right? I, I don't really like the sound of that, gonna be honest. What about it? Well, there's plenty of things that we don't like the sound of, sir, but you know, it's the Salvation Army, so I'm talking to you right now. You're black. How am I racist? I honestly, when you walked up, I felt a little bit of racism from you, which is why I felt inclined to give you the guidebook about white Americans' racism. Okay. So uh, in other news, you know, you have your guidebook now, which free of charge, <laughs> Salvation Army is giving that out for free, something that we do. Would you like to make a donation to the Salvation Army? Uh, this little bucket here? I think I'm going to take my donations elsewhere. Thank you. Oh, sounds pretty racist. So you just confirmed exactly what I thought, sir. Yes. <laughs> and scene. Welcome to Will and Amala Live. Guys, thank you so much for watching. We're going to get into a story about the Salvation Army and their initiative to tell white Americans that they're racist, but not quite yet. We're also going to be talking about an LGBTQ club for elementary school kids that gets you educated on different sexualities and different ways that you can identify, as well as reacting to an old PragerU video called War on Boys featuring Christina Hoff Summers. Plus, it's TikTok tuesday and we're gonna play a little disagree or agree game at the end of today's show so let's get into story number one uh just to get you all infuriated at the beginning of this show today as we like to do on will and amla live here is the headline out of the federalists la schools host lgbtq club for four-year-olds promotes two-spirit sexuality and child mutilation all my favorite things. All of my favorite things to talk to four-year-olds about. Mm -hmm. Yep. Every time I meet a four-year-old, I say, what do you identify as? Mm -hmm. How can we mutilate you today? Right. Exactly. Beautiful stuff. Now, let's get into the story here. The Los Angeles Unified School District Office of Human Relations, Equity, and Diversity hosted a 10-week online club. 10 weeks. That's a long time. <laughs> That's a long time to be indoctrinating kids into the LGBTQ community. So it's a 10-week club for LGBT elementary schoolers down to four-year-olds. So it's not just for four-year-olds, but down to four-year-olds. And they prepare uh, all these different uh, presentations about gender theory, deviant sexualities, including a fun little video they have on what it means to be a two-spirit sexuality. Do you know what that means, Will? I don't even know if I have one spirit. Oh. To think that, that there are people with two spirits, I'd, I'm completely lost. Well, yes, there's people with two spirits. Uh, we're going to subject you guys to the video that these elementary schoolers watch before we get into our commentary on this particular issue. Here we go. Though the label has only been used since the 90s, the concept of the two-spirit is something indigenous groups have identified with for centuries. But what does two-spirit actually mean, and where does it come from? Nice. So what is two-spirit? It's an umbrella term that bridges indigenous and western understandings of gender and sexuality. You may recognize it as the two that sometimes appears on the end of LGBTQ2. There are many definitions Since when? understandings of two-spirit, and each- Since like two months ago. So, get with the times. Is nation-specific. That's the not for two genders. The intentionally introduced by native people mm -mm. with the goal of finding common ground and helping educate about traditional teachings in a contemporary context. 
The Two-Spirit Society of Denver offers the following definition. Two-Spirit refers to another gender role believed to be common among most, if not all, First Peoples of Turtle Island, North America. One that had a proper and accepted place within Native societies. This acceptance was rooted in the spiritual teachings that say all life is sacred. So, still is yet a, to define it. Still is yet to, to define it, it. And why are we worried about some two-spirit that's people on Turtle Island? Yep. Because, well, I don't get it. we can't just barrel over the history of the Native Americans, okay? We have well, to talk about the fact. this isn't all the This is just Turtle Island. I know. Every single one of them is just as important as the next, so... If we found two people that identify as two-spirit, guess what? We're adding it to the list. Don't go visit Turtle Island. Don't go visit Turtle Island. I'm sure it's far different now. <laughs> Probably. Wait, didn't he say we're on Turtle Island right now because it's North America? Is North America Turtle Island? That's what it said in the definition, isn't it? In it? I couldn't, in it? I couldn't read it. Cause you lost me with all the leftists, all, with all the woke speak. Well, we, I would like I to guess find we need to learn more. The Native Americans who are really worried about this. I mean, when I went luck. to the Navajo reservation, not one of them told me they were two spirit. Yeah. Might but not be the right tribe. That's what's weird about this is like it's conflating modern ideas about gender uh gender identity mm -hmm. with like ancient Native American stuff. Right. And so it's like we're not really criticizing the preservation of Native American ideas and history or whatever, but it's the conflation of modern gender theory with that that I think is problematic. I, To my recollection, how this conversation came about when it came to Two-Spirit, because this is something that I spoke about back when I was working for the left and talking about gender theory to uh, people who were in school, kids in school, um, that a lot of people on the conservative side were saying, oh, well, transgenderism is this new phenomenon. It's not real. You know, we have suddenly all these people identifying as transgender and the left responded, no, it's always been a thing. They just felt uncomfortable coming forth with it. And the conservatives said, well, absolutely not. That's not the case. And then leftists went and did some research and said, well, look at these people, these Native Americans who identified as two-spirit and said that, you know, gender was sort of this fluid existence between uh, feminine and masculine. So it has existed. People have questioned their gender for a very long time. And then, you know, it was sort of just like a shut up, mm -hmm. conservative. No, because a lot of Native American society was <clears throat> so based on science. Right. You know, when they were when the Aztecs were sacrificing children right. and eating their hearts. Right. It was really scientific stuff. The so bloodletting. Yeah. So I'm really glad to be taking my scientific notions from this. Right. right. It reminds me of when they found that skeleton that uh, had like a jewelry on it. And so they said, this was a transgender Viking. or like a, yeah, an intersex person skeleton because it was a regular skeleton that had some jewelry on it. It's like, I'm a Viking, dude. What are you talking about? I'm so over it. <laughs> I can't believe we're teaching. It reminds me of like when the left will say like, they'll, they'll tell you animals are gay. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll be like, well, animals are gay. So... Everything's all hunky dory now. Right. It's like, well, I don't know. I don't, I've never heard that argument. You've never that heard animals that? Animals are gay. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, dogs sometimes will like hook up with other dogs. You've heard the this same argument, gender. Taylor? Yeah. Um, You've heard it before that like people say like animals are gay, like that proves something? Yeah. I mean, I've heard people make the claim that uh, homosexuality occurs, and I think it does in, uh, yeah. in other species, but. I don't know how they use that to prove something else about their ideas about gender and sexuality or whatever. Oh, I've never heard of her. 
Him or her. <laughs> Sorry, or I should I should leave it genderless. I've never heard of them. Yes. yes <laughs> Let's continue to watch this video and learn more about what it means to be uh, two-spirit. We're learning so much already. I'm learning so much. It's like unbelievable. How did the term two-spirit first come about? In 1990, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, at the third annual Native American Gay and Lesbian Gathering, the term two-spirit was proposed and affirmed by consensus. The word was a potential solution to what Native scholars and activists called the problem of naming, or making the many different sexual and gender identities that fall under the two-spirit umbrella legible across Native and non-Native cultures alike. For example, to illustrate the diversity of meanings that two-spirit contains, consider the following. In Lakota, the word winkte means to be as a woman and refers to two-souled Lakota people who transgress boundaries of gender from what may be considered male to female. In Diné, nadleje means those who transform and refers to one of four separate genders, masculine-feminine, masculine-masculine, feminine-masculine, and feminine-feminine. Each gender has its own word in the Diné language. And those are just two nation-specific examples. There are so many more. Each nation's understanding of gender and sexual diversity is different and grounded in specific spiritual beliefs. Although all nations don't have a concept of two-spirit people, across those indigenous nations that do, two-spirit people were historically held in high regard and often considered sacred or divine, holding important positions like matchmakers, medicine people, or warriors on the front lines of battle. Many two-spirit people perform roles traditionally assigned to both men and women. Witwa, a famous two-spirit of the Zuni or Ihamana, was known to take part in masculine tribal matters and feminine tribal matters, and was even sent as an official Zuni delegate to Washington, D.C. I'm just lost in the sauce in this one. I just don't get it. I don't I get under- exactly what is being said. But I understand what he's saying, but I don't give why any <clears throat> care. I don't understand why anyone gives a crap. Like, because some historical Native Americans might have thought some stuff about Two-Spirit, which he's not, I don't know if there's sources on this video or what, but mm-hmm. just because this happened, that now that's a great thing. Like, I'm not taking my cultural of how I should live my life now from Native Americans. Right. Right? Like, why Why would I do that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a... Uh sort of they were here before us they had everything before us they had two spirit before us and then we came with these western ideas and we morphed everything and we said that there was just man and woman when these people were existing before us and they should be pedestalized for having this land first and with that comes the gender ideology and that comes uh comes an affirmation of all the different lgbtq plus a i whatever mm-hmm. uh stuff that they're trying to bring forth now, today. everyone all the Native Americans were trans mm-hmm. until the pilgrims came and inflicted their heteronormative society upon them. Mm-hmm. They were these peaceful trans two spirits and the white man destroyed it. It's unbelievable. I can't believe that we did that. It's truly disgusting. It is. Listen, I in the Boy Scouts, I'm an Eagle Scout. And one of the things that we did, we had a, a lot of reverence for a lot of Native American traditions. I mean, the Order of the Arrow, which I was a part of in the Boy Scouts, had a strong affiliation with Native American tribes and traditions and a lot of those types of things that we took into, you know, our culture and the things that we did within the Scouts. And we worked with a lot of Native Americans while, while doing so. But to say that we need to hold reverence to this just because it is Native American 
to me doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. It, here's what I'll say about it. By all means, uh, I, I know for a fact that there were two spirit Native Americans, that this is a, a practice that exists, a, a set of theory that exists within the Native American culture. Sure, you want to study that, teach that, by all means, do your thing. Not to elementary school kids. Uh, it's It's clearly been coupled with an agenda to have young people question what would be now considered the binary form of gender being a man and being a woman and being a boy and being a girl uh, clearly there is a this is laced with agenda this rainbow club that they've created that meets once a week every 10 weeks for elementary school kids to teach them about lgbtq sexualities and ways that you can identify and the possibility of you being a two-spirit uh is meant to indoctrinate so yeah if you want to study i don't know native american culture in college and you learn about two-spirit native americans sure do your thing and if that fascinates you go for it but four-year-olds no well I don't know. I feel really bad for the person giving this presentation. I feel bad for him because he has obviously been hijacked by a group that wants to use him for a set of their Marxist ideals. Mm. He's being used, this man, by teaching these types of things to children and by pushing those ideas out there. He's being used. You know, again, there are parts of Native American culture that are beautiful and amazing things that, mm. that we celebrate, that I've celebrated, lots of things like that. But in terms to have your your heritage be used as a political tool is just silly to me. It's like we're not I'm not looking back at Western Europe and saying, oh, you know, because of old back in the day, people in Europe thought that humors were what caused right. sicknesses yeah. that we need to look back because we look back. It's like, no, people in earlier modern in earlier civilizations made a lot of mistakes with the things that they believed. Mm -hmm. Right. To think that the Native Americans didn't make any mistakes just because they were here first is ludicrous. Yep. You know, and so this person who is saying this is only being used to push a political agenda. And I feel very bad for them. Yeah. And you I feel bad for these children who are going to be placed in this uh, predicament of being gender confused. On what for? For virtue. For you to be able to pat yourself on the back and say, I, I educated a group of young Americans who are going to, you know, grow up and be far less bigoted and discriminatory than the generations before them. Uh, and it's sad because what you're doing is now robbing these children of their agency. And instead of saying, you know, hey little boy little girl you were born this way and uh, here's how things go and sure you can like girl things and boys can and girls can like boy things and, and that's just a part of uh, the way that we live but you're born in this body and uh, instead of that we're saying oh no you can actually be whatever you want to be and look at this evidence to point to people who were whatever they wanted to be and that's going to be better for you even though we don't have evidence that states that it's better for you i'm going to indoctrinate you into thinking that it is it's only evidence to the contrary. It is. That it's not better for you, that it's actually worse for you. Right. And that's what's scary about the video is that it's like, he's talking about one example of that Native American lady <laughs> who did masculine and feminine traits. It's like, that already happens all the time with like everyone. Mm -hmm. No one is just some perfectly feminine woman yep. and no one's some perfectly masculine man. Like we do things that other gender, other sexes would do all the time. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm a woman, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean that Taylor's a woman because he likes to paint his nails when no one's watching. <laughs> it just means that he likes to paint his nails. I mean, maybe it's different for Taylor. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, just because you do certain things does not mean that, oh, now you have to be a different gender. Yeah. 
That's just ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. You are you are inflicting pain on people by telling them this ideology. You really are. And it's it's very sad. Uh, speaking of inflicting pain and wreaking havoc on people uh, in the name of ideology, let's get to that Salvation Army story that we cold opened with. Here is an article out of Fox Business uh, from earlier in November of this year. Salvation Army's racism guide tells white Americans racism is systemic and colorblindness is harmful. Okay, love that the Salvation Army has chosen to make this uh, uh, an agenda piece for them. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Right. Well, it serves them right. (laughs) Yeah. And why does it serve them right? Because we have this new article that came out uh, a few days ago saying the situation is dire. Salvation Army facing toy donation shortage ahead of the holidays. Now, do I know that this is directly correlated with the fact that they came out and said that, you know, white Americans contribute to racism and that America's racism is systemic? No, this simply could be that people are choosing to not give to the Salvation Army this year or they're strapped for cash with all the stuff that's going on with COVID and the supply chain and all this crazy uh, stuff happening in America now. Uh, there's no way to say that this is correlated, but if your agenda is uh, going out and telling people that America is systemically racist, you don't deserve to get the donations that you get uh, annually. There are no coincidences. <laughs> there are none. Is that actually a belief that you have, that there are no coincidences? I hold it pretty true, yeah. What about you, Taylor? Coincidences can definitely happen. I think there's definitely yeah. coincidences. Listen, well. <laughs> hundred or nothing. That's how I live my life. I I don't think this is a coincidence whatsoever. I think that this is purposeful. I think that they shot themselves in the foot. And what's sad about it, the worst part about it, is that kids and people who need the resources that the Salvation Army has historically mm-hmm. donated no longer are going to get those things. Mm-hmm. Unless people are donating to other organizations, which is, right. if they are, that's good. That's I what hope I would that hope the Salvation for. Army burns to the ground. But if, if, if people are just saying, no, I'm not going to donate, then... You know, that's really sad because then people aren't going to get the donations that they want, that right. they need. You right. know, things that, that children will not have the toys and clothes and all that kind of stuff that they normally would have gotten. And, you know, Salvation, the Salvation Army is pretty much uh, is is what is meant to be an unbiased charity that simply receives donations and gives them out to people who need them in, in a time of need during the holidays. Well, and to... I would say they shouldn't. They're not even necessarily unbiased. They're a Christian organization. Well, yeah. But they're that makes it even worse of the fact that they're adopting this woke stuff that is incompatible with Christianity, and they're making that their platform. And I think that that uh, did not make a lot of Christians happy, and that could be sure. part of this why. The other thought, my, another thought I had here is like the whole inflation supply chain issue could also be feeding the lack of toy donations right. this year as right. well. So yeah, if we wanted so to many look different for other things. causes. But I, well, we should look in to see if, if other organizations are also struggling. Because if they're not, then it's yeah. definitely their own fault. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Boy Scouts. I mean, the Boy Scouts adapt, adopted all the LGBTQ stuff and all the wokeness stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the LDS church pulled out. That mm-hmm. was one of their biggest donors. And now the Boy Scouts is really struggling. Yep. So, and that's not a coincidence. As that happened be. because of that. I think that this is probably the same with the Salvation Army. Yeah. I mean, to be a, a Protestant Christian organization and then attack your main base, which would be white Christians who uh, donate primarily to the Salvation Army, uh, probably not a good look, not a good, not a good thing to do. It's the same thing with like uh, Walmart coming out with their CRT training and talking about how whiteness is a, a d- diagnosis that needs treatment. Uh the main base, the main consumer base for Walmart is white Americans. How how yeah. dare you come out and attack the people who made it possible for your business, for your organization, for your profit? 
90% of people in America live within 10 miles of a Walmart. That's crazy. Mm. Is that you, just Will. a side note? Yeah, thank yeah, you for that saying. fun fact, William. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart, but do you guys think it's Walmart a good- sells more in in three months than Target does an entire year. <laughs> why do you know all these random Walmart facts? My, okay, you ever and get like chain emails? My no. grandma loves to send me chain emails. Okay. She sent me one about Walmart the other day. Wow. Well, I always forward them because if you don't forward them to 10 people, a little scary girl's going <laughs> to yeah, right. you die. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I got one of those from my grandma all about Walmart. Wow. She, okay. said, she said Walmart should run the government because Walmart does all these things right. <sighs> That's really concerning that your grandmother said that. <laughs> well, she just sent me the chain mail. That's what the chain mail said. I don't oh, know if okay. she thinks that. Okay. I, hope, should... I really hope not. But listen, Walmart is, a, is efficient. Thank I you. really hope she Walmart is a lot more efficient than the government. Hundred percent. We are really on a tangent. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you guys think it's good though that people are not donating to Salvation Army? Because no. if that's the case, yes, I do. I don't know. There are plenty of other organizations that you can donate. Valid to point. That exactly. Don't hate your values and don't tell you that. Like, I don't want to give a toy to an organization that's going to give that toy to a kid and say, "By the way, you're." If you're white, you're a racist. Well, yeah, exactly. definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. In that case, then, yeah, absolutely. I and agree I'll name with two. You. Samaritan's Purse does it. Oh, that's, sorry, camera's jumping all over the place. The button's stuck. There we go. Um, the Samaritan's Purse is one that has a thing called Operation Christmas Child. They do it here domestically and internationally. And then mm-hmm. there's one, uh, the Dream Center, even here locally mm-hmm. in LA. They, they're having a Christmas extravaganza this weekend. So there's, if you're a Christian, there's plenty of other organizations you can donate to that don't want to indoctrinate people with CRT or, or, and, they, and I'm not saying that Salvation mm-hmm. Army is trying to push this on everybody, but get rid of it within your organization. Don't have it in your founding statements. Don't have it in, like, you don't need to do this stuff. Don't conflate it with Christianity. Agree. Get as far away from wokeism as you possibly can. Damn right. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, like, if you're walking into your grocery store or whatever and there's like a, a Santa with the Salvation Army bell, don't give him your change or whatever. But if you're going to give I a big donation, that. seek somebody else out. Because I'd rather give it to the bum next to him. Yeah, same. You would rather give money to the homeless person next to him? Yeah. I don't think so, but... Then somebody yeah. who's directly, who's representing an organization that supports CRT? Yeah, but I would say that there's... The people who are, like, at your local Publix asking for money for the Salvation Army are not the arbiters of this. Oh, CRT is Well, yeah, but the, the money doesn't the go to them. It goes to the organization. I don't know if that that's the case with local Salvation Armies. When you're at, like, a Publix and the guy's... Ask for money for your Salvation Army. I think it goes to their chapter, and then they right, use but it doesn't that go to directly to the guy. Course. I'm not going to be mean to the guy or anything. Right, right. I'm just not going to give him money. I agree. I just don't know that it goes towards that agenda. I would have to look into how Salvation Army actually uses their money. But as a general rule, I mean, do not support organizations that support critical race theory. These things are top down. You know, mm, if if, yeah. the, if the top is if one part of an apple is spoiled, the whole thing is rotten. If the top is saying these things and the whole organization, even though even though they're doing good in some places, I, mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Of course, you still the whole thing's rotten. You know, it's 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 like what, like, what I don't Dennis think the was Santa talk- shaking the bell is rotten, but I think no. that he's oh, part obviously. of something that unwittingly that is is rotten. Right, exactly. You know, it's yeah. like Dennis talks about like Nazis. There were probably Nazis who in their in their own home lives were good people, had good wives, participated in their community, right, in Germany, but they were doing evil things. They were they were they were believing that the good things that they were doing or the evil things that they were doing were actually well, good. They were the instruments of people. Right. They were instruments yeah. of evil people. And so if if people are going and you wouldn't be like, Oh, well I'm gonna support this Nazi 
at the grocery store because he's not Hitler. It's like, of course not. And I'm not trying to equate the Salvation Army to Nazi Germany, yeah. but what, but what this, it, it's like a, just a, a, a lesson on logic and, and just in morals in general. Well, I think in general, it's, it's organizations that do things that are unethical or that do things that hate your values should feel the, the re- recoil from yeah, that they should. by us. And so Absolutely. the way you do that is I'm not donating to you. So even I'm sorry that my local chapter suffers, but that's not my fault for not donating. Right. It's your fault for adding this ideology. Exactly. Here, so. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I agree. I can tell Amla wants to move on. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like it's the basis. If they're not supporting your values, don't support them. It's pretty clear. It's, it's pretty cut and dry. Donate for the it's pretty cut and, cut and dry. Not she that was I, in a Santa costume. No, I don't have strong feelings towards the Salvation Army at all. Unless it's a black Santa, then you should always give money because <laughs> yeah, of reparations. Right, yes. right, right. Reparations, affirmative action. By all means, give to black Santas instead of white ones. <laughs> now let's get into this uh, older PragerU video called War on Boys and uh, respond to this. This is featuring Christina Hoff Summers. We wanted to, you know, bring back some of the greatest of all time PragerU videos uh, to the forefront of your guys' minds because if you don't go back and look at them, you know, uh, there's pretty useful information that you're missing out on. So let's take a look at this. Being a normal boy is a serious liability in today's classroom. Boys tend to be disorganized and restless. Some have even been known to be noisy and hard to manage. Sound like any boy you know? Yes. But increasingly, our schools have little patience for what only a couple of decades ago would have been described as boyishness. As psychologist Michael Thompson has aptly observed, girls' behavior is the gold standard in schools. Boys are treated like defective girls. As a result, these defective girls are not faring well academically. Compared with girls, boys earn lower grades, they win fewer honors, they're far less likely to go to college. Boys are languishing academically while girls are prospering. In an ever more knowledge-based economy, this is not a recipe for a successful society. We need to start thinking about how we can make our grade school classrooms more boy-friendly. Well, here are Oof, four I know the leftists don't like that sentence. Make your classrooms more boy-friendly. More pictures of dinosaurs and trains. Right, right, yeah. This sounds a lot like patriarchy to me because uh, where does the... You know, I always think about where the patriarchy narrative persists. I can't think of the main part where the patriarchy narrative persists when we really break it down. Women have so much more advantages than men do. Yeah, I mean, so it is much treated more. differently than men do, for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's treated differently. Uh, society, societal standards are different. Your success stories are different when it comes to just all all markers of being a successful person, jail time, homelessness, obesity. Women have it better. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the reward incentives are different for men versus women. Explain. That, that women will get, like, there's scholarships for women, mm-hmm. you know? Like, oh, here's a woman scholarship. Mm-hmm. Find how many men's scholarships there are. There aren't many men's scholarships. Well, yeah, okay? because- but there are women's scholarships, there are diversity scholarships, there are all these ones, but nothing like, nothing uh, outside of that. There are special programs for women, mm-hmm. special groups and, and learning things, all sorts of stuff for women. It's, they just don't really have for men. Because we feel like we need to prop women up in this society because patriarchy, even though there's no, there's truly very little evidence that, to suggest that uh, we have it any harder than men do. Oh. I agree, Emma. <laughs> Let's continue watching. They would make a very good start. One. Turn boys into readers. 
in all age groups, across all ethnic lines, boys score lower than girls on national reading tests. Good reading skills, need I say, are critical to academic and workplace success. A major study in the UK discovered, not surprisingly, that girls prefer fiction, magazines, and poetry, while boys prefer comics and nonfiction. Boys whose eyes glaze over if forced to read Little House on the Prairie may be riveted by the Guinness Book of Records. Cool. Boys will read if given materials that interest them. If you're looking for suggestions for books that have proved irresistible to boys, go to guysread.com. Two, inspire the male imagination. Celebrated writing instructor Ralph Open your Le Netscape Navigator and go to Boys. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell this is such an old video. <laughs> Open your Linux. Yeah. And, uh, uh, um, reading is truly the like the number one thing. It really mm -hmm. is. Reading is great. Giving people the tools that they can learn how to read, get the right comprehension to be able to speak clearly. It is truly the most important thing. I read a lot as a kid, and I read a lot of nonfiction. I read... Like, I would sit there and I would read books about animals all day. I would just read, like, the like animal textbooks mm -hmm. just for fun. That was yeah. what I liked to read, you know? And it was, but I wouldn't read the stuff that my sister would read. I'd read the stuff that I like to read. Right. Right. And so in schools, they want to tell you that, oh, everyone has to read the same thing, these girly books. It's like, guys don't <laughs> want to read these girly books. books. We want to read about dinosaurs and mm -hmm. space and, like, ancient Rome. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things to be said about this. Yeah, reading is super important. They've done studies where uh, kids both born in two-parent households, mom and dad, uh, the ones who are, were read to as children by both mother and father are far more successful than the ones who weren't. Uh, and as far as education goes and just pushing the same standard, a, a one-size-fits-all approach on everybody is not conducive to learning or making your children better off in the long run. To think that we send our kids to school and they sit in a classroom of what, 20 to 35 unique other children and they're all handed the same books and being told, well, you're going to read this one in the first quarter, this one in the second quarter, this one in the third and this one in the fourth. And none of it is tailored. None of it is, uh, you know, met with any sort of individualism for the child or any, uh, any regard to that whatsoever and to think that oh all of these kids are going to end up being successful coming out of this this one-size-fits-all education is ridiculous i i would maybe send my son to an all-boys school if i had a son but one day when i have a son like one of those like like british boarding schools with like all boys something like that maybe I'm, i don't I'm, see it as a bad as a horrible alternative i'm planning on either homeschooling or doing i don't know finding a school that represents values and true education not even necessarily values just true education uh which i guess technically is a value and i don't care if it's boys and girls or uh you know because i think they need to socialize with people of the opposite sex but the education should be tailored with that in mind mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> let's continue with the video what <laughs> contends that too many teachers take what is called the confessional poet as the classroom ideal Personal narratives full of emotions and self-disclosure. These are stories girls commonly write, and these are prized. Whereas action stories describing, say, a skateboard competition or a monster devouring a city, these are not. I recently read about a third grader in Southern California named Justin, who loved science fiction, pirates, and battles. Well, an alarmed teacher summoned his parents to school to discuss the picture the eight-year-old had drawn of a sword fight which included several decapitated heads. The teacher expressed grave concern about Justin's values. 
The boy's father was astonished, not by his son's drawing, which to him was typical boy stuff, but by the teacher's overwrought and female-centered reaction. Exactly. His boys are constantly subject to disapproval for their interests and enthusiasms. They're likely to become disengaged and lag further behind. Our schools need to work with when I was a kid, I mean, when I was a boy, I would do also, I, I was just like Justin. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd draw pictures of, of people in battles, and my favorite thing was, was people battling each other, killing each other. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just what young men do. Like, my favorite game was getting all my, like, animal action figures and setting them up like a war and having them battle each other and kill each right. other. Right. You know? Right. That's just what boys do, and it was yeah. completely normal. Yeah. And I'm not like some psycho who's going around killing animals or something now. No. So you guys know. But... <laughs> Like that—that's just what boys do. It's so obvious that this is what boys do, and for people to try and take that away from them and say, "No, this is bad, and you should read girly books." Yeah, it's so true. I have so two anecdotal uh, stories for this one. I have two cousins, two younger cousins, who are just little boys, and they're so fascinating and so distinctly different from girls. When they would come and visit, one of them was like, "You—you you ask me, oh, you want to play a game?" And they're like, "Yeah, I want to play a game." He's like, "I'm the general. You're—you're a, you're a maggot brain zombie, and I'm gonna shoot you." <laughs> it's like that's what little boys love. And the other one is just this super analytical sort of engineer type brain. He goes, "You ask him what he wants for Christmas. He's like, I want to." shop back and I'm going to take it apart and I'm going to reassemble it or I want a fan. He, he would ask for house household appliances that he could take apart and put back together. And you would most typically not hear a girl say the same thing. They have distinctly different interests and things that they want to set their minds on. And to not take that into account is a shame. It's like it's all shame. those memes where it's like girls go back in time yeah. versus men going back in time. Mm -hmm. And it's like girls go back in time to go meet their grandmother as like a young woman and talk to her mm -hmm. about her love life. Mm -hmm. And men are like going back to ancient Rome to stop Nero. Like, that, right, it's right. like the differences between men and women is just so clear. Yeah, going to the Colosseum to, to watch those. a fight. Yeah, exactly. Like becoming a gladiator. <laughs> right. People want to destroy that. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's so sad because those are the things that make men great. And it becomes... What happens is you're not truly changing the nature. I think in some part, in some ways, we are changing the nature of men in doing this. I, you can pretty much see it in the, the young men of this generation. Like I walk up to guys and they're like wearing girls' clothes and they have their nails painted and they have earrings in and all this stuff, which is like wild for me to see. It's horrible. It's wild. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we frequent a bar and the bartender there was like asking us what our favorite nail polish colors were, and like he knew the nail polishes that he puts on his nails by name. Is he gay? No. Straight as a board from what I discerned. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really strange and it does have tangible effects. But on the flip side of that, what you're doing is not really changing who men are in their hearts and in their minds and in their hormones. You're suppressing it. So you're creating what is really deemed to be a recipe for disaster by repressing these feelings that men and boys have and telling them, no, you're not going to express that. You're going to be raised just like a girl is. And then later on, it's going to come back to bite you. Well, that's why they're killing themselves at record numbers. Yeah. And also, but you are also actually affecting their hormones. Mm -hmm. Men's testosterone levels are at the lowest ever. Yeah. And that's a mixture you know, and of nature for, and nurture. That's for a lot of different reasons, but yep. that we don't have to get in here. But it is, you are suppressing men's mm -hmm. natural tendencies, yep. right? The things that make men, men. You are killing them. Mm -hmm. What was it that we read? I think it was like the um, testosterone level of a 21-year-old boy now is the same one as like a 70-year-old in 1920. Yeah, they've been good. testosterone levels have been going down. But it's not just, this is why it's not just the, the repression of, of 
things oh, that yeah. people are telling because it's the, it's going down for older populations as well. It's not just being born with less testosterone. Mm-hmm. It's everyone's is going down. It's a massive mixture of things. I think we have a video uh, with of the Candace Owens show, and I forget who the guest is on the show, but they talked exactly about this issue of male hormones and repression and suppression of all of this and the mixture of nurture and nature that is combining to create this massive issue with men in America of all ages. So check out that episode of the Candace show because it's a really eye-opening uh discussion you stop drinking plastic water bottles let me tell you that right now i'm just glad my testosterone is twice that of a man's in 1970 (laughs) (laughs) there's like so many things you can do to like help uh help uh your testosterone rates that people don't think about and stop uh, using plastic products like that yeah use glass tupperware bpa free uh cans and glasses stainless steel the different oils that you use for cooking uh synthetic hormones in the products that you use there's a bunch of stuff that you can do to combat it but it's insane out of this plastic yeah as he's drinking he's like i can feel the tea levels lessening how's your soy milk will yeah so good (laughs) suck it down with a straw soy big thing don't eat soy don't eat soy i just saw an article yesterday that said catfish who ate only soy diets literally turned into women they turned into female catfish that's what uh you know when Alex Jones got all everybody like called Alex Jones crazy for saying they're the turning the frog catfish into girls. They're turning the frogs gang. The catfish are women, you know. It's crazy. He was he sounded crazy, but he's not crazy. Like the stuff that he was citing and the information that he was trying to give out to people is not wrong at all. Those catfish are women now. They did the same study with alligators in uh, in a lake and those synthetic hormones were present and the alligators had uh, genitalia deformities and were actually flipping genders. It's not it's not uh, uh, misinformation or lies at all. It's very true. Facebook, please fact check. <laughs> fact check me and take me off of your platform immediately. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a false thing. It yeah. says alligators. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's finish up this video. Not against the kinetic imaginations of boys. Three, zero out, zero tolerance. Boys are nearly five times as likely to be expelled from preschool as girls. And in grades K through 12, boys account for nearly 70% of suspensions. Now, this is often for minor acts of insubordination and sometimes for entirely innocent behavior. Hardly a week goes by without a news story about a young boy running afoul of the school's zero-tolerance policy. Josh Welsh, age seven, was recently sent home from his Maryland school for nibbling off the corners of a strawberry Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. Josh, like many other boys... Gosh, I'm pausing. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) Never chew your Pop-Tart into a gun. (laughs) There's nothing worse you can do. Man, the more I like hear videos like this and read about what people are doing in schools, the more I'm like, oh, my kid is never going to a public institution, ever, ever, ever going to a public institution. They have no idea what it is like to teach or raise children. All I did as a kid is get like two markers mm-hmm. and then like put the other marker in my hand right, like that right. so that it looked like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Just got this video Every- banned, bro. Yeah, I know. But sorry. <laughs> everything like when you're a little boy, everything becomes a gun. Yeah. That's and, just like what you do. 
And there's no regard for like the different cognition and processing that children have. What children do is not malicious or it's not meant with with foul intent. They do it because they're children, because that's the way that they process things. And in the age that they're in and the brain development that they're in and to disregard that and then suspend children and punish them harshly for things that are totally understandable for a child to do is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I just went and visited my uh, my wife's family over Thanksgiving and we went shooting with her dad at this gun range mm -hmm. and he brought this shotgun the 410 shotgun that his his dad gave him when he was eight years old mm -hmm. and he was still shooting it to this day but like that was that would never happen now i know isn't that well, crazy some like today we punish kids yeah. for chewing a pop tart into a gun and yep. back then we gave kids i mean I, <laughs> isn't <laughs> that awesome then we gave, we gave kids them guns, guns. Yeah. but seriously like i don't have a problem with a responsible dad giving an eight-year-old like a gun to like supervise should learn to shoot and i think that's awesome and it's like i don't know well i, I got pop eye, guns okay. when i was that age and then we graduated to like bb guns and stuff but uh anyway i i it's crazy how much our culture has changed yeah there is there are so many you see like the old pictures of like playgrounds from the early uh 1900s mm-hmm where it's like literal just like bars of metal and kids are like hanging like 12 feet off the ground like swinging on it and sitting and like now kids are like guys put on your protective gear before you go out on the swing set it's so crazy parents. it's mm -hmm. it is that and it is like your kids should never make mistakes and if they do they're suspended or they get a spanking or they get punished and it's a complete disregard for the way that kids think the way that kids well, I learn think that's the opposite i don't think that's it yeah well clearly because kids it is. are not are they're punished for natural behavior. Yes. But they are not punished for things they should actually be disciplined on. What do you mean? Like what? Like young kids aren't, like they're told <clears throat> that they can do anything and they, they make mistakes and they everyone gets a trophy. And it's like the types of punishment that you get from like losing, you don't get a punishment. You get a reward for losing. I'd say that there's definitely that whole participation trophy type of thing to keep kids from feeling bad about themselves but i think certainly we are uh like i know so many kids who never got grounded growing up i got grounded all the time even though that they would make mistakes and things mm -hmm. they just never got grounded and then now they're like super entitled kids because they're entitled adults because they never got in trouble for things yeah i think maybe it's just like misinterpreted punishment for the wrong things like we're punishing boys for the wrong things we are rewarding yes, them true. for the wrong things i just think it's all misplaced and it's all happening and rates that it Marxism. shouldn't be happening yeah it's so crazy yeah no nobody else is raising my child no. <laughs> nobody I'll else is raising child. my child you're not either <laughs> Get the Pop-Tarts, Amla. Only, only me. Me and your son are going out of the day. <laughs> We're going to go shoot out in the park with these strawberry Pop-Tarts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's just ridiculous. Well, guys, if you want to watch the rest of this video called War on Boys, it is on PragerU.com. Go to Browse, five-minute videos, and it's the one featuring Christina Hoff Summer. She's got a few extra points that she makes in there that you guys can look through and learn about. Now we're going to get into TikTok Tuesday before doing our Agree or Disagree segment. Here is a TikTok Tuesday number one. This is job interview for boomers versus Gen Z. If you hire me, I'll work every day for 40 years, but after that, I will need some time off to drop dead. 
Wow, the energy is weird here. Okay, I don't have much experience, but I think a VP role will suffice. I'll need four days off a week because I have anxiety and lower back pain brought on by childhood trauma. My parents were racist. Uh, I'm leaving for Venezuela in a month because I'm opening a coffee shop where I'll be employing baristas from the indigenous LGBTQ plus community. Uh, by the way, how is the uh, diversity and inclusion here? I will need to talk with an HR department before I begin next month because I need this month to decompress. I'm so stressed out. The moon's in half Venus. Uh, don't Yell. Well, Ew, how did you it's like that? so accurate. I didn't like that guy very much. You didn't like him? <laughs> no. You just didn't find him funny? Or what? No, it was very accurate. Yes. It was pretty accurate. So why don't you like him? No, I'm saying I didn't like you the character. Like the Gen Z. I didn't like the character yes. he was playing. I don't like the character he was playing either. Yeah. But it's so realistic to how people actually live and work today. Right. It's like hyperbole, but it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Like I went, uh, when I went to Winona State University and we visited, uh, I visited the college to do a speech there. I spent the day like uh, at a table talking to students as they walk by, talking to them about PragerU, getting them signed up for PragerForce, whatever. Uh, and they were doing college tours at the same time that I was there. And the things that they highlighted in these college tours were just amazing. They were talking about how like, if you guys are feeling like triggered and you don't need to like come to the class that day, like there's different attendance policies. Like we have this entire multicultural space that is built on diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you have any problems on the campus, you can go and visit our diversity equity officer in this room over here. It's just wild. It's like when I was in college and we'd be too tired from being out too late. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be like, you'd go, you'd email your professor and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty triggered today. I can't make it into class. Gosh. And you're like, it's like you use these things as excuses. Of course you yeah. Do. You know, oh, all, you, all you're doing is making it so that people can take advantage of a stupid system. Right. I have trauma, so I can't come into work today. Uh -huh. Exactly. Yeah. No. And it's Suck so it true. Up, buttercup. Yeah. Like our, our grandparents and even some of our parents did not get the privilege of being able to say, oh, I have trauma. I can't come into work today. Or do you have a diversity, equity and inclusion space? And some people will say, well, they should have had that privilege. No. They went into work and they did their job and then they went home and they provided for their families. And that's all you should be asking for when it comes to a job for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's just ridiculous how cushiony and how, how many babies we have in this generation. <laughs> I mean, except for the declining birth rates. Except for the but, except for actual babies. Yeah. We have adult babies and not real babies. Yes. Who yes, don't exactly. have real babies. Yeah. 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 What a time to be alive. <laughs> this next one is uh, expectation versus reality when it comes to Christmas. And this one's a, a British TikTok creator. Here we go. British. Britain, ready to have a lockdown free Christmas this year. The ongoing incompetence of the British government. Yeah, I remember when it was 15 days to slow the spread, guys. We're almost there. That? We're almost there. We're almost there, guys. We're, yeah. We're yeah. on like day 762 on yeah. 15 days to slow the spread. We really are. Well, if those racists wouldn't have been such Nazis all the time, I'm sure we'd be out of it by now. Right. I love Stupid how... anti-vaxxers. I love how this TikTok is just universal for nearly every country. Mm -hmm. Just expecting to have freedom and, and a good Christmas this year. And then your incompetent government enters the scene. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Everywhere everywhere last one here this one is a famous christmas song that you might recognize uh called last christmas but with a little bit of a twist on this one last christmas we kept you apart but the very next day we parted away, parted away. this year to 
save my career I'll have to come up with something special Special Beautiful. Boris Johnson coming up with lies to keep you guys in your homes and to not have you have a great Christmas. We talked about it last week about Boris Johnson and what's been going on with him and his party and and everything in the UK. So if you want to watch that, make sure you go back to last Thursday's episode where we talked all about that. Yes. Uh, And again, universal for all countries, really, to see this and go, well, yeah, my incompetent government is keeping me from celebrating Christmas, too. Mm -hmm. And who knows? Not Poland. Not Poland. Which, who who came on? Jack Poso came on and did a whole speech about how much he loves Poland. Mm-hmm. Poland's based. <laughs> they, they, they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even so, a lot of countries that are pretty based in, in the European Union still are doing vaccine mandates and passports and things all like that. So there's a line. There's a line. But Poland is, is not really doing that. So they're pretty wide open and free. And people in Poland just don't give a crap at all. So, mm. What do you guys think our next Christmas season is going to look like? Uh, if we're still here... If we're still here, why, oh. Do you mean this year or next year? Next year. Are we going to be? <laughs> the silence says it all. Lockdown, vax, passport free. I'm gonna be on a farm. You're gonna be on a farm. I'm gonna be on a farm with some Will's chickens. Will's out of here. He's streaming from Idaho. Uh huh. In the middle of nowhere. I mean, Henry David Thoreau, but with a stream deck. Yeah, Walden. Uh huh. I'm going to, uh, to Oklahoma and and Nashville for Christmas this year, so I'm gonna be. Living free, regardless. Next so year, next do year, you I'll think? Probably be somewhere similar. If they're still free by next year. If there's still people by next year, <laughs> the lizards haven't <laughs> taken over. I'm optimistic about Christmas next year, but it's good. Mm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> now we're going to get into our final segment of the day, and that is agree or disagree. I've put together some statements for you guys that are just straightforward statements. You guys will say whether or not you agree, disagree. There is room for somewhat on either side, but Never. I, pr- I always prefer not fence-sitting <laughs> and answering. Number one, agree or disagree. It is sometimes okay to lie. I was just thinking about this yesterday, actually. Mm-hmm. It is a great philosophical question. It really is. Uh, it's so situational. There are some, I'd say agree. I would say agree. If you allow for the existence of white lies, then you'd have to say agree. Yeah, I agree. And interestingly... No, I, because you could say that, that uh, what I do is not okay. Huh? If you allow for the existence of white lies, like if you tell a white lie, that doesn't mean that it's okay, right? So... You could still disagree with this, couldn't you? Yeah, but the act to me, I'm t- I'm saying the act of telling a white lie, you would mean that you think it's okay. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, yeah. Like I'm, and without spoiling too much, I'm going undercover to go to another country mm-hmm. to try and help save children, and I have to act like I am a, mm-hmm. a buyer, mm-hmm. right, of children, and so I'm lying. But I think that it's a good thing. I like how you like, like to not give it away, and then you completely give it yeah, away. Yeah, well, I can't give away the entire if operation there's any, or anything like that, but uh, I can I can say a little bit. But like, I have to go and act, you know, and I'm lying. I'm essentially lying to these people who are traffickers and right. prostitutes and those kinds of things. Yeah, it's definitely sometimes okay to lie. Yeah, um, you know. 100%, I think I agree on that one. Right. So we're all in agree? You shouldn't, yep. you just can't lie to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you probably shouldn't lie to yourself. Tell you should never lie to yourself. It's very difficult to lie to yourself, but yeah. People lie to shouldn't. themselves all the time. They, yeah, but it's it's a difficult thing to follow through with. They don't, they're not really lying to themselves. Like, they know deep down. Like, you know deep down in your heart of hearts. <clears throat> yeah, and it. I think you should, it's important to draw the distinction, too, between, like, we're we're only saying that it's okay in those cases where, essentially, like, it's like what Will's talking about, is I'm I'm doing this in order to 
you know, deceive someone so that I can take down a crime ring or something. Um, it's not okay to like intentionally deceive someone out of malice or out of a, you know, it's not okay to like lie, lie. Yeah, no, don't lie out of malice. But there's also situations of like, well, somebody asks you something that is none of their business. You can lie. That's none of your, that's none of their business. Uh, just because somebody I, I like, I just tell your last resort in that case. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I just tell yeah. people yeah. that's not in your business. Yeah, it's none. Of, yeah, you can, you can say it's none of your business yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't but think the lying should ever be your first option. Right. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. Not the first option. There's definitely so many other avenues you can go to before you lie to somebody. Right. But it is sometimes. And okay. also like. This the rationale for saying don't wear masks at the beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. was like or and then saying mask is like on it was the, the rationale was we're telling we're we're intentionally saying the thing that we know to be true to untrue to the mm-hmm. public because we don't want them to panic in such and such a way or whatever. And right. that is That's... I think the more influence your lies have, the the greater like evil it is. Right. I completely agree with you. That's like a that's a perfect example. Perfect example. Next one. Agree or disagree? It is better to grow up in the country rather than in the city. Agreed. Okay. You want to defend is. your agreement? Why? It just is. Why? Because urban cities are not cohesive for growing up. In what way? In that you shouldn't be surrounded by a bunch of steel buildings all day. You need to get okay. into nature. You need to be a little stoic. Fair enough. Taylor, agree, disagree? I'll say... My answer to this is don't really care. Yep. I would rather grow up with two parents in a healthy nuclear family with good values in yeah. the city than in the country with a single parent home or whatever. It would well, yeah, but we're assuming that you have the you were assuming that you have both. So all things being equal? All things being equal. All things being equal. Two parents. Uh, I don't I don't think it matters that much. I don't know. I think there's a different there's a different set of skills that you develop uh, in these two different areas. So Every uh, single really urban city, basically in America, is dominated by leftism. But it, and we're, yeah, but if you if I have a good household, it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. If you go through that and you sust- you keep your values and sustain them well, through that, matters. you don't want to you don't want to raise your children a, around horrible things. There's an element of being unprepared to deal with yep. the realities of the world and life if you're all, you know if you're in an obscure place where you're never confronted with ideas that you disagree with or have to contend with. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want children to always be confronted by ideas that they That's disagree with. That's what your home is for. Right. There's a, there's a, this is an interesting question. This is a good agree or disagree because there's a lot to think about. There's because city, the city in a lot of ways is modernity and to raise your children in the country is to have them be sort of sheltered from that in a way that is an extreme when comparison in comparison to the exposure that they would get in the city, a happy medium would be better, would probably be the best. Um, but between the two country or city, I don't know. I think. Country. I would say both, honestly. No, I'm I just like having a middle. I moved almost every year from my life from the time I was like seven, eight years old until 18 and yeah. across four states and three foreign countries. And uh, I'm grateful for that. And I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, you have to protect your kids and keep them in one place until, you know. Right. Anyway. I'm, I think I'm better for it. I think, but again, I think everything is trumped by the environment that you're raised in, the parents you have, the yep. values that you're taught, et cetera. So I don't, I, I think this is a secondary, tertiary. Yeah. Element. Country. I agree. Will's just falling on the country, regardless. Uh, yeah, regardless. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to consider. Countries typically lower socioeconomic status. That's something to consider as well, uh, rather than living in the city. So it's like, there's a lot of different things, but yeah, I think kids should experience as, as many experiences as they can uh, in their young lives to just like learn and adapt. Yeah. 
So I, I guess I'm in the middle on that one. I don't know. Learn how to fish and farm and hunt. And you can do all that too while living in a city. You can do all those things in both. In Fish both. In I fished with my grandfather. Yeah, um, yeah I've, I've gone fishing I mean, here in LA since I've moved. <laughs> right, you can live in a city and be able to go and do stuff, but yeah. you could live in the country and then also go to the city to do city stuff. Right. That's. But yeah. as a general rule, mm-hmm. you can do more of, of those types of skills in the country than yeah, you would just, in living in a city. Yeah, it depends on what skills sure. you value. I mean, country is more wholesome. I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah, it for is sure. more wholesome. Country. Yeah. Country. We shall see. Agree or disagree? Soulmates exist. Disagree. I think I disagree as well. It depends on what you mean by soulmate, and it depends on what you mean by exist. Ah, oh, the old <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Peterson, Peterson over here. Soulmate, <laughs> uh, a soul that is tied to yours and that you uh, hope to someday meet and that you are already tied together as soulmates. You are meant to be, and that's not saying that you can't have multiple soulmates, uh, but no, definitely to not. say that they're, that those exist. No. I disagree. My wife is my soulmate because we're married now. Yep. Our souls are tied together. Because you marriage. got married. Okay. Yeah, I disagree. I also disagree, just because I think you can... Yeah, Who who's to know? And there's how many billions of people in this world, uh, and there's so many people that you can have connections with and build love with that you did not love when you first met them, or you know you fall in different stages of life and, and grow with love for each other. Yeah, so soulmates, no. My soulmates out somewhere in Mongolia. Could be. She's waiting for me. Yeah, right, right. Could be. Down the hall in our office, Scott (laughs) Scott editing the Christmas skit. (laughs) Agree or disagree? Stricter laws make for better societies. Uh, This is too. This is like one of those questions from that quiz we did a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. It's Mm -hmm. not. There's no new. There's nuance here. Yeah. Well, then go. Let's get into the nuance. The nuance is, in general, you want you want a balance between the right amount of uh, strictness in your laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you lock it down too much, then there's no freedom. And if you don't have enough, it's anarchy. So you, you want the appropriate amount of laws to uh, make life livable and have a top. And then, you know, you don't tolerate crime. You make, you, you preserve law and order and you create an environment where people can live and flourish and conduct business and do everything they need to do and have families and, safe community basically everything right. la and california is not doing right i think like a, a culture a strong culture and uh maybe what you could call a strict culture is probably more conducive to creating a better society than in enforcing strict laws uh because i think people just yeah. have an innate need to rebel or uh question laws in the way that they're placed so i think building a culture that it that uh builds a propensity for just good actions and good character is probably smarter so i'm going to go disagree on this one we have too many wrong laws already, but we don't have enough of good laws. Mm. So it's on a case-by-case basis. I can't it is. say that this is a good question. Okay. Next. Did you write it? No, I just oh, okay. you know, looked for agree or disagree questions. <laughs> <laughs> agree or disagree, there's life beyond Earth. Disagree. Agree. Why do you agree? Uh, there's just so many different universes at least as speculated by science that galaxies well you know what i mean uh that and we've developed that or at least deduced that there are other planets capable of producing earth i would be led to believe that there is life beyond earth plus i'm also not religious which would stipulate that life that you know the life on earth is the only life um so yeah i think there is life beyond earth well the the bible doesn't stipulate exactly right that there is no 
life anywhere else. Right. But it is a widely held religious belief that earth holds the only life. And that's not just in Christian belief. That's in a, mul- a multitude of religions. Um, yeah. But I believe there's life beyond earth. Definitely. You disagree, Taylor? Yeah. I don't have feel strongly about this. Like there's the, I'm, I'm, I guess not unequivocally so that there's no life beyond earth. I'm not going to say that, but I, we don't have any evidence to, that there is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so even on a rational, purely rational basis, right. I don't think the only counter argument is the, the, that it's, as far as we know, infinite out there. Mm-hmm. And so if you have infinity opportunities to have life, um, then perhaps there would be, but, uh, mm. there's no evidence to suggest there is. And, uh, right. I guess probably my Christian framework for thinking, uh, would suggest to me that, the there's no reason to think that there is. Well, Statistically speaking, you're right on more. Mm-hmm. The probability that it's out there is is probably right. very good. Yeah, but just there's no proof. Right. So again, I'm it's not really an agree or disagree question. Yeah, it's kind of one of those statements that you have to remain agnostic to because there's no proof. Yeah. 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 There we go. But it's like the thing with aliens or like extra life is like it's one of those types of questions. It's like talking about like the multiverse. You know, mm-hmm. even though there's no proof, people still want to say, well, it's it's statistically it could happen and it's like just because something could happen does not mean that that is the best solution right yeah right? it's it's as much a uh, a theoretical philo- philosophical question exactly as it is a, like material question i think people just want it to happen i think people want there to be aliens aliens are cool i loved aliens as a kid yeah but i guess the question is statistically is it more likely that there is life beyond earth or is it less likely that there's life beyond earth and statistically it's more likely that there is life well it's not beyond that earth. there's more likely it's that there is probability Right. That there could be life. Right. A substantial probability. Right. Yeah. More so than a probability that there is. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We have we have one it's, instance in the entire known universe yeah, of life occurring. But we, so we divide infinity, you know, possibilities by one and you're just still at the same. Okay. Yeah, but that's taking into account what we know of the universe, which we know is just the so I guess like one an, over infinity. just like the smallest fraction of anything that we even know about the universe so if we found one in our limited capabilities to even understand the universe there's probably you know so but so it's much like, more but it's the the more known universe that we explore mm-hmm. and don't find it mm-hmm. the smaller that that uh, probability becomes to us but we are only we've only identified what is to be a small like microscopic fraction of what the universe actually is so yeah. it's yes. more to it's less to us, but not to the universe as it exists. Well, you could I mean, you can sense. use that argument like with anything that because there's a probability that it's true because something has happened once it's possible not yeah. in, necessarily on because the plane of infinite. Well, I guess because the plane is infinite. Like we know how much well, no, of the, the universe ocean, is not infinite. Well, we know that it's like we everything we've, is we've finite. discovered what is a microscopic piece of it. It's like saying like. We don't no, yeah, know definitely. what's in the ocean, but we know what percentage of the ocean we've right, explored. Right. Yeah. I guess that's how I look at it. It's like there's like, we, there's so much we haven't looked at. Right. Yeah. You can make inferences. Right. But to say of that course. it's more probability just because it's happened here is just not true. I don't know. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> I don't know that it is not true. But I don't know. It's not scientifically backed up. It's just not. Well, we'll have to circle back on that. Because I don't know that it's not scientifically backed up. It is not. I mean, how could it be? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. How could you have more of a probability of something happening with no proof of it? It just doesn't make sense. 
I think the proof, the quote unquote proof, or it's more mm-hmm. of an abstract philosophical point that because right. because there's an infinite amount of space to explore, and something has a yeah. I guess once. we'll call it yeah. philosophical rather than scientific. Next one, agree or disagree? <laughs> Most politicians are corrupt. Agree. It's not yeah. even close. To think about this. I knew that'd be Will's answer. Uh, yeah, I knew that too. Yeah. Most politicians are corrupt. Uh, I don't know. It's and let's let's consign we'll consign this to American politics. It's everywhere. It's not just America. Yeah, it's it's the but we're, the we're incentive structure of like being an elected official with power and there it's are throughout people history who want forever. to use your power mm-hmm. and they will do whatever they can to influence your vote. Yep. That you know, there the the odds are certainly stacked against anyone. Yeah. And I think a lot of I don't think that corrupt people enter politics, but I do think No, I do. Oh, I yeah, mean I think sure. they do, but I don't think that only corrupt people enter politics. And but I also think that cor- politics has a corrupting uh effect and the gravity of it is toward a the, there's a lot of temptations and a lot of people pulling on you to influence you in ways that you know, to use your influence in ways that you don't believe in or that aren't directly representing the people that you were elected to and all that type of stuff. And so I, I think it's an uphill battle for anyone. You do Okay, that's... And an I do e- think it attracts people who are generally narcissistic, et cetera. So. Yes, I definitely do. You yeah. bring up that, another interesting question. Yeah, does politics corrupt people or are corrupt people entering politics both. and then it's well, elevating them? You can definitely have both. Yeah, but to what extent? I, I feel like know. it's more so that I mean, corrupt people enter for, politics. It's both. I think I think you're probably right. I think more corrupt people do enter politics, mm-hmm. but I think that there are people with good intentions and then get corrupted by it. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think every single person in politics is corrupt. No, me but I would either. say 95% of the people who are on both sides of the aisle in all countries throughout history yeah. have used that power to abuse or have authority over the people that they govern, or at least gain some sort of something for themselves I sent, I out sent, of it. I sent you that meme today, Will, of uh, Sam was the only person in the entire Lord of the Rings lore that uh, would have was voluntarily willing to throw the ring in the fire. Exactly. You know? Yeah. The ring representing power. And right. there's spectrums and, to corruption, too. Like, yeah. Willing, yeah, sure. being being willing to lie for your ideologies is corruption. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely, I would, I would agree, most politicians are Pe- corrupt. There's corrupt. It just breeds a certain type of person, that type of field. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Violating your principles to advance in your career yep. or secure a date with someone you want to go on. That is a, uh, a smaller form, a form of corruption and not right. necessarily smaller. It, right. It's violating it in a principle. So, right. you know, uh, I mean, it's even biblical looking back at the biblical kings and everything. Yeah. Like it, it's, it is, it is just tested throughout time forever that these types of people, I, you are truly tested of your willpower when you get into a position of power. Yep. It doesn't even have to be a politician. I mean, it could be anything. It could be any sort of position of power. Yep. Power corrupts. That's where any any system that has less corruption than every other system in history is a miracle, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that that you made a system that is immune from corruption, but you have to understand what pe- the human incentives, and you have to create a system that mitigates against point. corruption as much as possible. Just like in capital, capitalism works because it under it's built on uh, a, a framework that it understands human incentives and. Uh, and what people will voluntarily do and uh, mm-hmm. just have the way human nature works. And, and I think to, to it's, it's, uh, it's dishonest to have an expectation of human beings to not be sinful, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so you have to, so I, I think we sometimes misplace the critique and like systems or, or, you know, just broad 
categories of people instead of saying, well, people are just going to do what they're incentivized to do by their sinful nature. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a miracle that anyone doesn't. And so how do we incentivize the type of behavior and outcomes that don't create a corrupt environment? Fair. <laughs> well, you really went in on that one. Uh, next one, agree or disagree, luck has nothing to do with success. Disagree. 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 Yeah. I think that's a pretty that's a pretty standard one. Uh, there's a lot of Unless you're times. In yeah, it's right. not really luck. It's more like chance. Yeah, yeah chance. It's a pure circumstance. Yeah, can have so much to do. Being in the right place in the right time has so much to do with your success. It's pretty mm -hmm. privileged luck. Oh no, it's not mm. luck. It has nothing well, to do with luck. It depends on what the root of you're born with. That's not, you're not lucky for having that. You just you're lucky to you be are born. lucky to be born. You're beautiful, attractive. Yeah, I think so. Genetically you lucky. Just, you're lucky to be born without I disability. Guess so. I mean, you can say that for anything, whatever. You're yeah. lucky to have this, lucky to have yeah. that. Something really you don't have control over. Yeah, if it's something you don't have control over, it's luck, which is being pretty. Like, you're saying that's what happens. You know, yeah. all luck or not, whatever. It's just something that happens that helps you. Which but it's would something make that it, happens that yeah. produces favorable outcomes that we would call success. Right. All right. Which and I guess lucky is the word. Yeah. Okay. Well, luck has something to do with success. Sure. <laughs> agree or disagree money can buy happiness you ever seen someone frowning on a jet ski <laughs> <laughs> what's that from i saw it on a. that was from uh i think it was daniel tosh stand up uh, oh, that was like a wolf of wall street thing or something oh no um no okay i, I mean Why? it's it's nuanced it is nuanced it depends on your definition of happiness okay well yeah let's say this i'd say money can't buy joy but money can buy happiness. Happiness is a temporary emotional state. Yep. I think money can buy happiness. You can buy a personal chef. You don't have to cook anymore. You can buy someone to clean your house. That sounds, I'll make you pretty happy. Right. Momentary happiness. Right. Yeah. It's definitely momentary happiness. I think it's like stuff that like cushions your day and makes you happy throughout it. And then maybe at the end of the day, you're still alone. But it, it can't necessarily make you a happy person. Of course. Right. Right. Of course. Right. I think there are things that can make your life better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why I think like Squid Game made like a stupid point at the end. Not to spoil anything for anyone. It's been out for a while, okay? I'm spoiling yeah. it for you if you haven't seen <laughs> I it. I didn't yet. watch it and I'm, I'm not, not going watching, to. But so. yeah. like at the end it tries to make the point that like rich people have money, poor people have money, they both suffer. It's like the dude sleeping outside in the street it's versus suffering is suffering more. more than the rich guy in his yeah. bed, even if he's like struggling mentally and stuff. There are different types of struggles, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like to try and conflate them as like the same thing. There are obviously things where money can make your life better. Mm -hmm. You know, to be this like person who's like, well, it's not about that. It's like money can obviously make your life better. You can give to charities. You can do things for other people. You can do a lot of good with money. Mm -hmm. Right? You can also do a lot of bad with money. So it's not an inherent thing that makes your life better, but it can in ways make your life better, obviously. Is True. It is it better to be like a kid born with money and devoid of like real life struggle or is it better to be a kid born of like a, an average status and go through struggles? <laughs> I don't know. It's Kids aren't born with Depends money. It's if their parents better. give them the money. Yeah, you know what I mean? Born but if into kid, money. If the, if the parents spoil the child, it's bad. Mm -hmm. If the parents have money but they don't spoil the child, that can still be very good. If you get a small loan of a million dollars and start a business <laughs> that leads you to become president and a billionaire, I mean, you know. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last one here. Agree or disagree? Christmas is the best holiday. Agree. Yeah. It's not even close. You gotta agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I mean, I say it. I love Halloween. But close second. It's, yeah, not, it's more. 
you but can't Christmas, Christmas is the best. It's too magical. Yeah. It's the best. It's it really truly is. the best. It's just it represents the best values. It's, it's just best with your family. Realm. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't like Christmas should go to jail. It's truly the best holiday. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> I love Christmas. They should be arrested like the maskless Santa. Exactly. Free Santa and arrest the people who hate Christmas. Exactly. Agreed. <laughs> Listen, we're glad we're all on the same page. Uh, Christmas is the best holiday. We all agree. So we yeah. finished up with all agreeing on something. Exactly. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. Uh, yeah, that's today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Put down below what you agreed or disagreed on. Uh, and, you know, let's encourage some healthy debate down below in the comments. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be back tomorrow, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. Again, these are pre-recorded. So we hope you guys are having a fantastic holiday week with your friends, your family, your, your near and dear. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Please like, subscribe, and click the notification bell. And if you'd rather listen, go to Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. Bye.